0: Now there are all kinds of unique diets and eating habits in this world, but what about eating completely raw? Two Michigan State students did just that. They ate only raw food for the full month of January, 31 days of raw eating. The students happen to both work at Impact Radio as well. Let me welcome Gabrielle Saldivia and Colin Marshall to the studio to talk about their raw experience. So what inspired this challenge?
1: Well, I think that a lot of people assumed that this was some kind of diet, some like, weight loss plan something like that and it was absolutely not that that was not present at all.
2: Yeah, from the beginning of the like <laughs> the inception of our project, I don't think we ever thought about it as a diet. We never put it in those words.
1: Yeah, it was more like an experiment. You know, exactly. what what would this be like? Could we do it? Um, How would it make us feel? Would we need less sleep, more sleep? Would we be tired or energized? Mm -hmm. What what would it be like?
2: Yeah, we kind of wanted to do something that would test the the boundaries a little bit, like figure out if was this possible. Um, And as, as well as this being a personal challenge, it was also something, we wanted to make a blog and we wanted to post content every single day and kind of explore the greater issues surrounding food that we had talked about that we had um, ourselves discussed, but we weren't sure if there was a medium that we could kind of express all of this Mm -hmm. in, and we found that through our blog. We talked throughout the month with, we interviewed people, um, we discussed documentaries and articles that we found, um, we posted photos and did personal reflections, and it just became this thing that was even greater than our
0: challenge. As I was reading the blog, I saw kind of two things. There was one, document, documenting on how you felt and what you experienced, and then two, kind of how your thought process changed in terms of talking to those people, in terms of thinking about the global issue. So during the interview, I'll kind of explore both ends, and so we get a nice comprehensive idea. So first, starting with yourselves and how you felt physically, mentally, all, emotionally even. You know, was it what you expected in terms of the food you put in your body? Was that a direct relation and correlation to how you felt and what you exuded? Outside?
2: Definitely. Uh, throughout the month, I did not expect to be so affected. I remember when Colin first brought up the idea of eating raw to me, he told me he had done it before. It made him feel really good. Um, and I was like, cool, I guess. Like, I didn't really think about it that much. And then once we finally, you know, we got, we went grocery shopping, we started eating. I remember the first day, I ate carrots for lunch because I didn't know what else to eat. <laughs> and it was just like one of those things that, wow, I'm this is my life now and this is how it makes me feel. And so there was lots of times that I ran into, ch- into challenges, like not packing enough food for the day and then being crabby and overwhelmed and upset and not realizing that it had a direct correlation to what I was eating mm-hmm. or lack thereof eating. Um, and so those were things that like I had to figure out for myself, mm-hmm. um,
0: which was a pretty valuable experience. And uh, in the blog, you defined raw food as unprocessed vegan foods that have not been heated over 118 degrees. So, Colin, can you give us some examples of those foods as maybe go and as well as uh, maybe go into some of the most prominent foods in your now raw food diet?
1: Yeah, so this turned a lot of people off to the idea when we'd ask him, do you think you could do this? And then explaining what raw food is. And I think a lot of people just think that you're just chewing on leaves mm-hmm. for your entire day's Freshly intake. Freshly mowed grass. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> like, th- it does not sound appealing. But when you start to talk about, okay, well, we made raw tacos. And look at this smoothie we get to drink every morning. And we made brownies and cookies and almond butter. And you know, there's just all... We made peanut noodles. There's tons of stuff that you would never guess is raw or that you could make from raw food. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it was processing things into sauces or creams. baby and, food. Yes, yeah, like glorified baby <laughs> food. <right>. But, <laughs> but it was really um,
2: fun. Like learning new recipes and discovering that you can do this with uh, all of these kind of obscure ingredient, ingredients and turn it into something delicious. that was pretty exciting. And yeah. I think that we turned our friends and family on to some of the food, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, making food for my parents and family was, like, a really fun experience for me to hear them rave about, oh, my gosh, the gazpacho you made, like, can we have that all the time? Or I remember coming here to the Impacts to eat dinner and skinning, or er, skinning, Peeling? Yes, peeling. Uh-huh. Peeling a zucchini. <laughs> and seeing people at the front people will come up to me and say, Oh, are you eating pasta tonight? Like mm-hmm. I would totally do that. I think I'm gonna go try that at home and then hearing feedback from people saying, Hey, I tried your recipe and it was amazing and I didn't realize that like that could taste so good. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. That
0: is interesting. Uh, on day one of your blog, you kind of talked about what you'd expect from the whole experiment or challenge. And part of that was um, excitement, overwhelming excitement, but then also a little hesitation. And Gabby, you hesitated in a sense where you were, n- excuse me, you hesitated in a sense where you were nervous as to what would happen if your friends invited you to lunch or how would you engage in the social atmosphere of food. So how do you feel you handled that?
2: Yeah, that's really funny that you bring that up because I had no, like, That was my biggest fear, and I was, like, worried and nervous, and then throughout the the month, it didn't really affect me that much. But in the same type of way, what did affect me was being at home with my roommates or maybe at home with my parents and my siblings and watching other people eat food and not being able to participate or not being able to help cook Mm -hmm. or talk about things and um, just kind of feeling like that isolation factor. Uh, as well as not being able to feel good about what I was eating because I was forcing myself to eat something I wasn't yeah I wasn't able to engage
0: in mm-hmm. that way and Colin yours was smells you're a big coffee drinker you know you would like the big ar- ar- aromatic smells so how was that in handling as you're only eating raw
1: It was kind of tough it was difficult to you know you come downstairs to the kitchen in your house and your roommates are cooking this and that And, yeah, overwhelming smells, and it's just making me salivate and wish I could bite into that chicken breast they were cooking (laughs) or the sandwich they made. And But more than the smells came the challenge of eating in a social capacity. So I live in a cooperative house. We make four meals a week and eat kind of as a family. And so, yes, I was definitely welcome to sit with them, and eat my dinner, but I couldn't share the pot of stew or whatever they had cooked that night. Um, but they were actually really supportive. They took one meal out of every week and made it a raw meal so that we could all share, and they supported the project. Yeah,
2: that's something we kind of found with a lot of our community. They really supported us. Um, we had a potluck at the end where our friends got to engage and to, you know have like a discourse about what it, raw food is like, and they made their own raw food dishes and brought them, and we had a great time. Yeah. And I think we found that Like with some encouragement, our friends and roommates were really excited for the project and really excited for us, which in turn helped us feel good about what we were doing.
0: That's good. Yeah. And uh, part of when you were talking earlier, you said, you know, you get to make these raw recipes, you get to do these different raw uh, challenges, but you say the word get. So do you feel that eating raw is a privilege because of its expense or because of other capacities and factors it may filter in?
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, the food that we ate is not only expensive, but only accessible in certain areas. So there is a grocery store, you know, within a two mile radius of my home, there's a few, uh, I can name three actually off Mm -hmm. the top of my head, and all of them have fresh produce. And so not only am I capable of even biking to a grocery store, but uh, you know, Gabby and I had access to a, a car where we could load up our trunk and buy more than we could carry. We also had the income to you know, dispense on racking up a grocery bill that costs maybe sometimes as much as $70 a $100 strictly on produce. Wow. Per week. Yeah. I spent $473 over the entire month. That's just myself.
0: And so what's your usual spending a month on groceries?
1: I would say I probably spend around 60 bucks a month in a normal month. Wow. So it's, it's a significant spike. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so what is the option for people that don't have $500 a month to spend on eating the food that they want to eat? Mm-hmm. Now, granted, not everyone wants to eat raw, but in the event they would, how are they going to get that produce? Right.
2: Yeah, we explored a couple topics on in the month, and one of them was food deserts, mm-hmm. which are pretty something that you think of and you think the far, some faraway place, different country, different state, different city. But this these kind of situations are just down the street in our own communities mm-hmm. do you want to touch on that, colin yes
1: yeah, so there's a community in lansing south lansing it's called fabulous acres and they are in a food desert there is not a grocery store within walking distance of this this area so what's going on there is a a community member named marcus brown he's an elementary school teacher and community member he sank most of his retirement fund into the purchase and remodeling of an empty house that's next to the one that he resides in. And so this became known as the Village Summit in Fabulous Acres. So this empty house was rebuilt to be a community center, a place for kids to go after school. There are volunteers from MSU and other communities that serve as tutors and, you know, just general, they do upkeep of the house. There's a community library. There's a whole wall of board games, computers with internet access. It's a great place. And the main focus of the Village Summit is to provide fresh produce for this community that ordinarily would not have access to it. So Marcus Brown is finding those empty lots that exist between houses um, that used to be property zones.
2: Within walking distance.
1: I mean, we're talking four or five different community gardens within two blocks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that kind of radius. So there are peach trees, blackberry bushes, you know. Corn. All all kinds of stuff that you would never expect to grow.
2: Onions. In
1: Lansing's backyard.
2: Yeah, it was really cool to, we took a walking tour. We went and interviewed Marcus and met the gardening committee. Um, They had a lot of plans for the future. And I I believe it would would be so rewarding to go back in the summer Mm -hmm. and see this just thriving. Um, Seeing community members at work and seeing, you know, the the stuff they
0: produce available to anybody
2: that lends in a helping hand.
0: And just like these people, their thoughts about food might have changed with this whole process and just like you. So how do you feel like your thoughts about food itself or maybe as you termed it in your blog, our relationship with food changed during your experience only eating raw?
1: Well, I think there's a couple of things to touch on there. One I know for me is where does my food come from? Mm -hmm. Who grows the blueberries I put on top of my Cheerios? You know, who uh, harvest the wheat that is used to make my bread. Um, are these people that are paid fairly? Are they U.S. citizens? Um, is it used? Is it grown with hand labor or machinery? Um, and then, could I grow those things to cut down on my costs um, to provide an ethical way of obtaining food? Um, there's a lot that comes into play here, and exploring, tr- you know, tracing back the. Origin of my food has helped me wake up to a lot of those ethical issues. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a cool thing that Marcus is doing is, is he talks about that, you know, when a kid in his neighborhood, 10, 11 years old, grows a peach from seed to, Tree. you know, to, yeah, picking it off the branch. Like, that's really something mm-hmm. for a kid to say, like, this is my peach. This is I, I made this and it's now going to taste great. And I know where it came from.
2: Yeah, he also said something cool that was like, now this, this 10, 11-year-old's older brother, who's 18, 20, 25, he's going to be proud of his younger brother and say, hey, this is something great. Like, you did this. Mm-hmm. And he's going to help protect the garden and help protect what his brother made. And with there's hopes with that that possibly any violence or any bad feelings about the gardens or just in general will no longer exist.
0: Uh, and this is just a little clip from the interview they had with Marcus. We take it for granted if we have a car. I'll just zip out to Myers and pick this up. Or I'll zip up to Kroger's and I'll pick that up. But if you live inside of an area like this, you wind up paying maybe $2 for a can of beans. That might cost you half as much at Myers. And we were talking about canned beans there. So imagine what you're looking at if you're trying to get fresh produce or trying to get fresh meat or trying to get anything fresh. Uh, there's no lettuce inside this neighborhood. There is no this, that, and other thing. But wait a minute. There is, if we start planting it ourselves and growing certain resources that everyone can use, whether it be green onions or tomatoes or different things that are easy to grow, and can provide part of a, a you know a, a part of a healthy diet. And for more, you can again check out their blog, and you can um, see not only Marcus but a few other experts and very innovative people in this field of food. And now touching back on that food and how you felt. So how did you feel in only? putting raw on your body, you know, in terms of not only just day-to-day functions, but maybe sleeping or your energy levels? Yeah.
2: I remember when Colin brought up this project, um, to me, I was like, he had talked about how he felt really good. And, um, it was something that I was really intrigued about. Like, well, what is this really going to feel like for me right now? I'm eating, I'm not really thinking about what I'm eating. It could be ramen noodles. It could be like a pasta dinner I make for myself, whatever. But, um, Eating all this raw food helped me realize that like it does make you feel differently. And at times, you had some mental resentment that made you not as excited about it. But usually, at least this is my experience, that my body felt better, mm-hmm. felt lighter, didn't have this, the gut bomb in your stomach after eating a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Like, I w- was excited about never having a stomach ache because I wasn't eating dairy or maybe wheat. Like, something I cut out of my diet really was affecting me before that didn't affect me when I was eating raw. Mm-hmm. And so those discoveries were awesome and almost h- hard to let go uh, let go of. And I know it's a personal choice. I could go back to eating raw, um, and maybe I will when, if the time mm-hmm. calls me to. <laughs> but... Um, yeah, th- those kind of things were really valuable and something that I don't think I would have figured out on my own without doing this project.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, I never, I don't remember getting a headache, getting a stomachache, um, feeling fatigued wow. in the month of January. I needed less sleep. I could think clearly and yeah. quickly. My confidence was up.
2: We weren't drinking coffee either, which is kind <laughs> of like this weird...
1: Yeah, no caffeine.
2: I haven't really been drinking coffee as much this, this month because I just feel like I can sustain myself without it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I recently, this like past week, I've been getting a cold. Like my throat hurts pretty bad, and uh, I wake up in the morning, my sinuses are all stuffed, and I have a a headache. And I don't want to directly correlate it, but like a part (laughs) of my brain is just screaming at me, like, "This is cause you're eating processed, sugary foods that are not good for you." And it's a weird, like, part of me is like, "No, that's Mm some BS." But then the other part's Mm -hmm. like, "Maybe you should really consider what you're putting into your body. It has a huge effect on." your body <laughs> yeah
1: but you know but here again lies another point is something we thought about that really wasn't on our radar we went and talked to a nutritionist about halfway through the challenge and you know essentially asked her what the heck are we doing to ourselves is this like the most insane thing you've seen a person do to their diet and she agreed that yes you know this is kind of outrageous <laughs> she, <kinda laughs> called us
2: out. she was like you guys are
1: <laughs> she was, what you're doing yeah. is
2: extreme I believe is a way that she phrased it.
1: Right. And, you know, we kind of agreed with her, but her take on it was interesting because she said that as a culture, we can't, we are almost conditioned to give food a lot of power. There are tons of ads everywhere about like, here's the diet that'll work for you, the Atkins, um, you know, like diet pills, watch your calorie intake, there's nutrition facts on everything. And she said, that's kind of missing the point, you know, by doing all of that we're giving food a lot of power. We're letting food dictate our entire being, the way we feel about ourselves, the way we look at ourselves in the mirror. And that that can be unhealthy because it's almost just as bad, if not worse, to obsess about what you can't eat than worrying about what you do eat. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so by giving food all that power, it's really doing us a disservice.
2: Yeah, um, I think after we did that interview with her, we realized that mentally this month was very... It was like a, it was a stressor, having to constantly police what we ate and to constantly think about our next meal and think about if we could or if we couldn't. And it was like on our brains all the time. Mm-hmm. By the end, we were really ready to be done, worrying about it, done, talking about it, done, having it be the nucleus of our life. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit stressful. We got through it, though, which is pretty pretty amazing. Like mm-hmm. it took uh, it took some strength.
1: It was a lot of extremes, like extreme cost. Socially, financially, and then extreme benefits of physical and mental mm-hmm. alertness and energy.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, we learned this month where the line is and what we can accomplish, like what is actually possible. Sure.
0: And I think it was uh, neat on day 11. So it was not almost halfway through, but close to it. Gabby, you wrote, um, it has finally hit me. This is really hard. So what was it about that day that made it super hard, or was it just the accumulation of all the things that you had mentioned?
2: I think I was like, it is day 11, and the month is not even half over yet, and why did we pick a month with 31 days in it? Why not February? No, I just remember being a little bit discouraged that day, uh, feeling feeling stressed about the situation and feeling like, wow, we have a lot ahead of us. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking, is there a way, like, am I going to be eating a banana for breakfast and then like an apple for lunch and pasta, pasta zucchini, pasta for dinner, like every single day. It was, just, like, so <laughs> it was, it was hard. But I think after that, I learned ways to kind of like combat the fear, um, just like go straight into it, uh lots of planning, lots of p- positive thinking, thinking about the benefits. Um, yeah, it was a learning experience to figure out the best way to approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it actually was more of a mental battle for me than it was a physical one. I didn't find myself craving that, that many foods. I didn't find myself sitting down eating my meal and thinking I would so much rather be eating something else. Mm-hmm. But I think it was a mental thing like, more than it was physical cravings of food. It was like, I can do this, I want to do this. It was changing my mindset to say, I have to, and making it, I want to. Is that how you felt as well, Colin?
1: Uh, I definitely had some cravings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wanted to eat some macaroni and cheese uh, that I Have you eaten mac and, and cheese about yet? Uh, forms of mac and cheese, <laughs> yeah, like bread and cheese, you know, stuff like that. Same <laughs> purpose. Them. That's perfect. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was really hard, and it, time moved slow. Um, but, you know, as we gave ourselves more options of mm-hmm. things to eat, we could satisfy each craving, whether that be something savory, sweet, salty, crunchy, creamy, whatever. Um, there are plenty of raw foods that satisfy every single one of those. Mm-hmm. So as long as we had options, it, it didn't seem too bad. And the cravings went away as soon as we ate something, regardless yeah, totally. of what it was.
2: And another huge thing that helped us this month, or last month, I keep saying this month, was having each other. Like, having someone to rely on and someone to keep accountable and someone to be like, hey, what did you have for, l-? I found us, I think we were, we would be like, hey, what did you eat today?
1: Yeah. Just, just <laughs> It was like a really touch-based
2: thing. <laughs> thing, like someone on your team. Mm-hmm. It was fun to have someone to to count on that, would, that was there to support you
0: and, mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you can do this. Like I, if I'm eating carrots for dinner, you can eat carrots for dinner. right <laughs> You know, and speaking on that point, another day, uh, later, it was in the 20s. I'm not sure exactly which day, but you're so good at you keeping track of all <laughs> the <that> days. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, I looked at it and I saw Gabby's entry. It said, I cheated. And I looked down and I saw <laughs> Colin's entry it said I cheated. It was definitely in sync in that way. But what happened on that day?
1: Well, do you want to tell your story? Yeah,
0: I can start. I yeah. okay. was kind of the instigator of the
2: situation, I believe, and I think Collins was a chain reaction off of mine. <laughs> but uh, basically, I was at a social um, obligation with my dad. He was getting an award. He was getting recognized for an award for his work, and I was at the Kellogg Center banquet hall. And they're pretty notorious for like, you know, doing it up with cake and pop and. Like, your main dish and a lot of bread. And actually, I noticed the butter pads had, like, little Spartan heads on them. And (laughs) I was, like, looking at it like, oh, I don't want to eat that. But... Anyway, we had requested to get the vegetarian, or I think my dad even asked for a raw meal for us to eat together, and that was really nice, and I was very appreciative of that, even though I I did tell him, like, Dad, I can eat at home before, but he wanted me to have the experience. So we get there, and everybody else is getting their food. It's like chicken and mashed potatoes and sautéed veggies, and um, we're the only two vegetarians in the place. Uh, vegetarians in quotation marks, of course, <laughs> raw foodists. Um, so they bring us out the vegetarian option meal and my heart just sank because it was a big plate full of rice on the outside. And then in the middle was like this big sauteed tomato with, or like roasted tomato with sauteed vegetables inside. And I was really, really close to sending it back. I had this moral discourse in my head like should I send it back should I just eat it I was trying to figure out what to do and I finally landed on you know I'm gonna make this decision and I'm gonna I'm gonna eat this food and I'm gonna live with the consequences I'm gonna tell Colin I'm gonna write it on the blog I'm gonna talk about it with whoever wants to talk to me about my cheating I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with it like I still feel like I did I'm living up to the challenge and I'm adapting and whatever so Mm um interestingly enough after I ate it I did kind of feel heavier and I don't know if I was just dramatizing it in my head but (laughs) I was like oh my gosh I ate all these sauteed vegetables and I just feel like they're so oily and (laughs) I feel bad Mm -hmm. but um it was a learning learning experience and then (laughs) and for you Colin.
1: Um, not justified in the least. Uh, I, I knew that. I heard Gabby's story. She told me, and she felt really, really bad. I confessed. And it was it was horrible. Uh, but the next day, I was like, you know what? She she had a full meal. I can take three bites of leftover sushi rice, and like that was it. You heard the <laughs> but... dog
0: theme song playing as you're no. seriously, yeah.
1: And then like a little part of me died. And, yeah, it was and I think I was
2: upstairs or something, and you walk up, and you're like guess what I just did (laughs) but it was (laughs) almost like even the playing field a little bit made Mm -hmm. us both feel like okay you know what we we made we did this and now we can move on Mm -hmm. right
0: and now my final questions are one would you recommend someone doing this and you know is that sustainable and then also what do you hope people took away from your experience as you did do this
1: I recommend someone I recommend anybody take on a challenge that pushes past your comfort zone because the, po- the whole point of this, I think, for me, was where does the line in the sand exist? Eating 30—eating day in, day out on 100% raw food for me is not a sustainable option right now for what's going on in my life and the amount of time that I need to fill in the day with school, work, socializing, et cetera. It doesn't make sense. So—but I had to take it much farther than a normal person might— to figure that out, so I encourage people to see what we did not as like the answer, but a an example of a challenge.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that going outside of your comfort zone, trying something new, um, doing something creative, or something that makes you think about things is always really, really helpful. Um, it helped me learn a lot about myself and just my attitudes and how I handle myself under pressure. Uh, I don't think I would have known that without doing the challenge, so I uh, I completely agree with Collins and saying that I don't think people should look at our project and say, "Wow, you know they were so much healthier." I think I got that a lot this last month, like, "Wow, you're so healthy," mm-hmm. and I don't, I'm not sure if that was that was like the thing that I want people to take away, or like, "Wow, you you lost weight. I should do that diet because I want to lose weight." Like, ah, no, I I wouldn't look at it that way, but. um it was it was interesting for us to try something new, mm-hmm. and we're foodies. Mm-hmm. We we liked learning about food and learning about all the different ways that it affected us. So if if anybody out there has something that they're intrigued about too, why not just go for it?
0: Oh. Well, Gabby and Colin, again, I appreciate your time, and I think you as well as everyone else will continue to kind of go forth and learn about food as well as their other passions. So with that, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks Gabby, and
1: the. The food, the raw food blog is 31daysraw.tumblr.com,
0: and 31 is the numbers, 3 1. Thank you.